Welcome to an all new episode of the Lisa Ann Experience. I am Lisa Ann in your ears for a little journey, some conversation, and some laughs. If you're a new time listener, thank you so much for making the time to listen to my podcast. If you like it, subscribe, rate, and review. Go back through my library. There's some amazing conversations to be listened to. And for all of you, my regular listeners, my support, my everything, I'd like to give a personal shout out to our friend, Scrimp Daddy, who was a mailman on an episode delivering the mailbag for Ask Lisa Ann, asklisaann at gmail.com if you have a question. But Jeff listens to the podcast normally like first because he listens late at night. And I'm always asleep because I like to go to bed early. And Jeff was smart enough to reach out to just the letter K who's on the West Coast. He knew he could reach her when there was a glitch in the delivery of last week's episode. He reached her. She resolved the issue. I wake up. I know none of this is happening. I'm just in sweet dreamland and I know none of this is happening. So I want to really shout out Jeff and say, thank you so much for taking that step and for making my life just that much easier. I appreciate you. And for the rest of you, we've got a great show today. I have a guest that is going to be making you laugh. I'm sure of it. I met this guest through a mutual friend, Nikki Paris, who's also a comedian also a previous guest on the Lisa Ann Experience. But before we get to that guest, I want to tell you a little something. It's been since March of 2020 since I walked into the SiriusXM building and got to do a show. And this time I was just a guest because, you know, I'm a free bird now. I am doing my own thing. I was with SiriusXM for seven years on Fantasy Sports Radio, and I absolutely loved it. But this work-from-home lifestyle kind of got the best of me, and I realized I could add so many more features to my listeners and my viewers by taking my podcast on my own, creating them, be able to add them to YouTube, make the clips, to all of those things. So there I was, walking into the studio for the first time since 2020 with the ease of just being a guest and not the responsibility of being a host. I brought Allie with me so she could take some photos. And as we walked into the building, I thought back to July of 2013 when I initially went to meet my boss from Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio to talk with him about doing a show on the channel. At the time when I met my boss, I didn't know anything about fantasy sports. I knew sports, but I did not know fantasy sports. So at that moment, I decided to make it my passion to spend the entire summer studying fantasy football and making sure I was ready by my very first show. And I have the little name badge from my very first show. It was September 9th, 2013, and I saved it as just a little trinket because it was so special to have that opportunity. And as I walked into the building yesterday, I remember the first year of me doing my shows and how excited and nervous and anxious I was about it, how much I would over-prepare and how much I put into it because when you care about something, You put so much into it because you care about it. You should. You should put things into it. So you put all my heart into that. And from that time, September 9th, 2013, I fell deep into the world of fantasy sports and sports betting, found a new passion, a new love. And at the same time, I found out new things about myself. Having that job at SiriusXM built my confidence so much. It really was the bridge that allowed me to make the decision to change my life and do new things. Through SiriusXM, I met so many incredible people that are still in my daily life, some of the kindest, most awesome, incredible people, and I felt all that energy 
circling around me when I was visiting the studios yesterday. I just remembered everything. I remembered the excitement. I felt such a sense of gratitude and just how we take our steps in life and how we have to stop once in a while and look around and realize how far we've come. And that's what I felt yesterday when I was in there. It was really cool to take Allie because Allie's real passion is to shoot live music. So hopefully she doesn't get hot ticked by a band before I'm before I'm ready to let go of her taking awesome photos of me all over the city. Um, but I wanted to walk Allie through when we were done with the interview with Jim and Sam. And I walked her around the perimeter of the 36th floor. Because on the perimeter of the 36th floor, there's these awesome posters from every artist that's ever done a town hall at Sirius XM. Town halls are done in this thing that we call, this room that we call the fish tank. Because it's like this big glass room. They're very intimate shows. If you ever get to sign up for one, sign up for it. There may be 30, 40 people fit in this room. But everyone that's ever done a show there, they sign their poster and then SiriusXM has them framed and puts them on the wall. And on the other side of that wall, there's this awesome plexiglass where everyone signs their autographs. So Allie and I walked through very slowly as she looked both sides. You know, I've seen most of the posters because I looked, I walked around there a lot when I worked there. And she just looked at them all and she was so excited to see the autographs. And then we came up on One Direction. She's a big One Direction fan from when she was growing up. And so I took a photo of her with the One Direction sign. It was just great. We really enjoyed it. And I look back to all of the amazing experiences that I have in my life today because of that opportunity that was presented to me by SiriusXM. So it was really cool to get back in the building. Very empty. Trust me, Jim and Sam are like the only show doing a show in studio right now. It's very empty. It reminded me a lot of what it was like when I would go in there for my 10 p.m. to midnight show Monday nights because it's pretty empty in there at night as well. During the day, it's usually hustle and bustle and the green rooms are packed. I had a green room to myself to shoot an IG Live, which was pretty cool because it's a great setting. It's a soundproof room. You know, everything's about sound. So everything was just perfect there and we had a really good time. And last weekend was my charity walk in Huntington Beach, California, Walk to End Alzheimer's. I want to thank you all who contributed again. My following who stands up for the things that I am so proud of and things that are so important to me and just a reminder of how many great people are out there who really want to pitch in and make this world a better place. And I appreciate all of you for that. Now today, let me bring you into our guest because we are going to kick back and laugh. Are you ready to laugh? I am ready to laugh. I found Eric, Eric D'Alessandro, as I will say it. He says it with the Staten Island. So he says D'Alessandro, which is very funny in New York. There's all these different dialects, right? I will say Eric with a C, so you remember on social media, D'Alessandro, who I met through Nikki Paris, who I mentioned earlier, because Nikki was opening for Eric on a ton of shows. And so, of course, I followed Eric, and then I fell into his social media. He is so hilarious. He puts together the best content you are going to want to follow, and don't worry, I'll be sharing on my social media to make it easy for you. Because I know it's a long name, but he has all the social media the same. You will find him very easily. Just search Eric D'Alessandro, and I will tell you this. We get to kick back right now and really just enjoy some laughs as I bring in my guest today right here on the Lisa Ann Experience. 
Today, I am super fangirled out over one of my absolute favorite follows on social media because he says everything I think. And I'm going to say his name the way he says it in a Statlin Island way, which is Eric D'Alessandro. I would okay. have said D'Alessandro. Yeah, that roll no, the tongue. Mm, that would... One of the worst renditions of people saying your name, Eric. You, what's 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 weird is that you'd think that like people from New York would get it right, but they are have some of the worst ones. I've had someone every time I perform here in Austin, it's Dealis Deal The guy <laughs> I did a show. Where was I recently? I don't even where, where the hell was I? I don't even remember where I had my show. Oh, it was in it was Hartford, Connecticut, and my opener. He said, How you, I said, Delessandro. He goes, oh, Delessandro. They always do the same thing. They always go, oh, Delessandro. Oh, it's not that hard. Delessandro. And then my guns, when they're like, and give it up for Alex Eliandi. They have, <laughs> Alex, it's horrific. It's a, it's a name thing and I get it, but I will do your full intro because you are incredibly busy with a ton of comedy shows. And I see that you're finally coming to New York City on November 8th, which is super close, New York Comedy Club. You've been out and about really traveling a lot. So Eric, uh, I know you through my friend who has been opening for you and is so excited to open for you, Nikki Paris, who's one of the greatest ever. But awesome. you got big news here on your Insta. You recently got engaged. I did, yes. <laughs> you say it like, yeah, I did. Like nobody's supposed to know. But by the way, you have sixty-eight thousand fucking likes on that shit. Sixty-eight thousand. No, 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 no. It's it, it's more just like I I uh, I do so much. I do so much shit talking. I think obviously getting engaged is beautiful. Getting married is beautiful. But I, like I said, coming from Staten Island and and this current climate of just society at large and social media. They'll share six hundred pictures of the engagement. I'm, th I'm thinking like, all right, one is cool, one is fine, but like, then it becomes, oh, it's Flag Day. Did you see my ring? Oh, it's my my mother's birthday. By the way, I, I'm engaged, and I'm just like, all right, we get it. That's fantastic, but yeah. So that's I don't want to make a big deal, but I had just had such a cool video, and I we yeah. we've been through a lot with my girlfriend and I, and. I, it was just so cool. I had to. People kept asking me for a video. I was like, I have to put it. Just it was too cool. The way the, it's uh, so cool. Anytime you see something that beautiful on a perspective of the stage and the audience feeling the energy, like it's oh, there's man. no doubt when everybody goes over to your Insta page that they're gonna get chills watching this. I uh, yeah, I, I I got chills. I I really enjoyed making it. It was cool. My my videographer nailed the footage, but I I wanted to use like a specific song that I've loved forever and. Uh, I just, I just, it was just really cool. The crowd was screaming. It was so loud. I'll never forget that. It was, just, it was really, really special. Eric, how long have you been performing and doing comedy? Full time for only two years. Two years, and you love it. Oh yeah, absolutely yeah. So how I had to go. Go ahead. What you gonna say? How this happened so fast in two years? Because you're huge. I'm not huge, but. Um, I'm I'm very fortunate. I'm very lucky. I was able to kind of figure out a new way to do it. I think a lot of comedians specifically are like stuck in the past. They really think that like not that they think. I shouldn't that sounds like I'm putting somebody down, but like they want the past to still be true. Whereas mm -hmm. like they want you to to get on Johnny Carson, do well, get called to the couch and then get a sitcom. Like they still think that that's going to happen. And I noticed that that just that's just never gonna happen 
for me or really anyone. And then when I was living in LA, I'd try to go to the comedy store and the comedy store is just, it's just like a nightmare. I'm like there, there's, there's 8,000 people dying for two minutes at one in the morning and most of them know each other and kiss ass and ha hang out there. And like, I was like, fuck this, I can't do this shit. And I just decided to like really, really push social media. And because I, I was doing stand up for a little while, but I'm saying like full time, two years, but I was, I've been, this has been a fucking journey for the last 10 years. So it, it wasn't, but, but luckily being able to live off of comedy full time has been two years. I was going to say, so for the first eight, you weren't really able to put good food on the table. Oh, there was, there was no food on the table. There was Taco Bell was a big deal, right? You were like, okay, oh, yeah. they got that dollar menu. I'm all about that dollar. I menu. mean, I was, I was, I was living home with my parents and it was just like, Hey, are we getting Taco Bell tonight? Nope. Then I'm not eating Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah. Cause your mom was cooking, but you've really utilized social media in a way that your posts really tell a story about kind of really the life that we're living right now is really enjoying a recent post from your podcast talking about negative comments. And I feel the same way as you. And I wonder, is it like 10% of us or 20% of us that would just say like, if I breeze by something I don't like, if I like the person, I'll still like their post just because I want to support what they're doing, but I won't comment, right? It is shocking how many people spend how many hours a day writing negative comments. Yep. Well, so the thing is, like, I'm really big into uh, just comedians at large. I, I see things no one else sees. People say, I've, I've been thinking that but never, like, said it or whatever. And I'm very lucky that, like, when I, I, I just had this, I'm not trying to give, like, act like I'm special, but I remember when I was, like, seven years old, I, I, was, I was a little bit of a prick. I was, like, a class clown, and, like, the girls liked me, and this one kid, I remember, I made fun of him, I made a joke, and he was like, oh, your breath smells. And I knew when I was, like, seven, I'm like, oh, he's just saying this because he was embarrassed. Yes. It's, not, it's not actually true. I was able to understand that so clearly yeah. so like when i see he was guys deflecting. he was deflecting on exactly you. so like i don't think that it's common knowledge yet like people still think that like they're hiding well enough like, oh they don't know this but like we need to re like put into like mainstream like we know everything we know <laughs> that you're just saying this because there's a hole in your heart or you're jealous for some reason yeah. like if, if, if women ever talk shit on your on your instagram or something it's because they are jealous that you're beautiful, that you have a following, that you're successful. There's nothing else. I always say like unicorns don't exist. It's like we will talk about like even notice how people fight. Let's say that like your you and your friend are arguing over she owes you money, and then how quickly it goes to like are you saying I I owe you money? Well, you're a fucking whore, and it's like yeah, well, yeah, what? Yeah. How people bring other shit into yeah, the what fight. Do you, we're talking about money. What the fuck are you talking about? So like people will, will love to like reach for shit and it's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Why are you bringing up old shit? You know why are you I mean? bringing up kinda, old why shit? Why are you bringing up old shit? It's kind of, you know, when I was married many years ago in my 20s, I tried it once. We're still friends. It just, we were too young. We went to a marriage counselor. It was one of the first thing the marriage counselor said was if you're having an argument, you have to stay on topic. You cannot veer off that topic. You have to finish that one topic. And if you didn't bring something up from five days before because you brushed it under the carpet, it doesn't mean you can hold on to it as ammo 
for the next fight. And mm. that's kind of really true in real life, right? In just real life. But it's all of the things that you talk about. By the way, your news report when Instagram was down, like <laughs> you are on the pulse of what's really going on and you make it really funny. Oh, thank you. You're so sweet. Like the See, I could have been a therapist, Leanna. Sorry. Cancel <laughs> okay, so the therapist. Like the wall indicator behind you that says wall. That by the way, you got the penmanship perfectly matching all of those jars oh, I got the font. in places. I got the font. I, I found my my girlfriend has a cricket and I used it for this. <laughs> I did that intentionally. But what made you decide that, like, hey, this is this is really like where I'm gonna go with this because you can actually look at real life things that are happening every day and find light in them. You don't make fun of people, but you make the situation that we're all observing, and a lot of us aren't sure yet how we feel about it. You define it. Yeah, and that's that's like one of my my, my things. Like, what I why I really wanted to start our podcast was like people don't understand me. They think like maybe I'm a bully or maybe I'm judging someone, but. If you, if you ever listen to my material or anything that I talk about, it's never a, a person. I'm never calling you a loser. I'm never saying you, I'm better than you. It's more like this behavior you're participating in I think is negative. And like it's, it's keeping up with the Joneses. It's, it's materialism. It's envy. It's narcissism. I make fun of that, which we all agree is probably bad for the world. Pretty and like. Awful. Yeah. yeah, and and that I just I remember when I was younger, I got my like you said, wow, only two years, and I was very lucky. Back when I was living on Staten Island when I was younger, like before YouTube was really big, I made this this YouTube video that like exploded. It literally changed my life. It was a um, a parody home video of an, of an Italian girl from Staten Island, Sweet Sixteen, okay. and it was basically like if you were watching her home video. There was like this community, this ca uh, cable access channel on Staten Island where this videographer, this guy Joey G, would. What, what would, a great Staten Island name right there, Joey D. Just call jo Joey G. He got you. Joey G. He he is he is a legend. He looks like Ric Flair, and he's just a legend. And he would play his shows on community television, and I noticed that like they are they were identical. They were identical. And people were like in their candles, being like, oh my God, I love my mother. You're the best mother in the world. And then the next week, it'd be like, oh my God, I love my mother. You're the best. And we're just like the same speeches, the same DJ, the same friends. And you're saying how special this day is. How is it special if it's identical? <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on here. So I made one like just talking about the obscurity of this. And it was kind of like people were like, yeah, why the fuck are we doing this? And that's kind of where that came from. So it, I just noticed like me questioning shit. I'm sure people think I'm an asshole too because like people no, are like, what do you care I've if it makes never, people happy? But people are morons. I've never picked that up on you, but I will say this. Coming from a large Italian family with 35 first cousins, the sweet 16 is like, okay, you know, you do your communion, you do your confirmation. These are all massive parties where you get a ton yeah. of cash. The great thing about being an Italian family is you get the cash, you know, these envelopes. Oh, yeah. just like, but the sweet 16 was always mimicked of your older cousin. Or you're, you're somebody's you just went to, and they called you right. All the same people, the caterer, the bakery, the DJ, the everything. I wasn't lucky enough to have one, but I had already been to enough of them that I was like, I'm out. This is not oh, for hell me. Yeah. No, hell no. And what, <laughs> not for me. What's funny about my family is like, they're not really like that. Like, I don't have, I, I do this bit on stage about like how I never really felt Italian because I didn't have like a stereotypical upbringing. 
but I was very Italian culturally, you know, with the the food and church and whatever. Sure. But I think I was able to find the obscurity in it because when I, when I went when I started dating girls from Staten, I was like, what the hell is this? Like this the way that they spoke, the things that they were into. The Gavone parties and all this stuff, and I, I think it was like, wow, this is interesting to me, because like my mom wasn't like that, my sister wasn't like that, and I, I guess just being a little bit different made me like question things. And I don't get me wrong, I definitely can hurt people's. I, I think everything is strange. I'm, I asked my girlfriend, like she, the reason why the proposal was such a shock, because I've tortured her for the past like, like. I, Let's, you want to get married? Let's get married. You need, you need me. I'll, I'll, I'll write you, a, you. Whatever you think an engagement ring should cost, I'll write you a check and give you it. <laughs> Just because I don't know what the fuck this is for. And <laughs> then I caved and I wanted to make it special for her because sometimes you got to, you know, do something for somebody else. But uh, all that stuff, like the, like the destination wedding. I'm not giving a gift if I got to spend $3,000 to go to Mexico. Like, I mean, what are you talking about? I'm, no, I'm not doing that. Also, engagement parties. My friends have, have had, like, they've got, they got engaged. We went to their house. We celebrated. We champagne. There was toasts. They had a cake. Their mom catered food. Then I got invited to an engagement party. And I'm like, we just had your engagement party. He was like, no, that was just like a little get. I was like, what the fuck? It's are you a get talking together about? for our close friends. What do you now do? We want to get more gifts. So we there was 80 everybody. people there. Exactly. There's 80 people there. You want me to give you more money so you can have a wedding at a place you can't really afford, and then I have to pay for it. So ever since I've been out on my own, whenever I got an invitation to somebody, I would always reach out to the person and say, thank you for sending me a bill. Because That's really, you're sending is. me a bill. It's a fucking bill. You are inviting me to something. And even if I'm not going, like I made a pact years ago, I would never go to a baby shower. Okay. I don't, I just never wanted kids myself. So I'm sorry. I didn't have interest in sitting around and watching a lady open a bunch of packages. Yeah. I'm probably not going to know what they are, but I always would send a gift, right? But then it started really snowballing because more things became like, look, now the gender reveal, that's a whole nother fucking bill because now that's an event. And when you get invited to something, you know this, you were raised Italian. Somebody invites you to something. You cannot show up empty handed. Oh, yeah, absolutely not. You have to bring something. So bring I, something I, I named them bills. And I always look at it. I get invited. Now, look, there's some people that invited me to their wedding, and I'm stoked to go because I really like them. Of course. But that's only like 10% of the people <laughs> that I've been invited. So I've bought 90% gifts to things that, and you're right, destination wedding. Oh, you're getting married in Hawaii? Oh, great. My flight's going to be this, but oh, I'm going to spend three grand to get there. I'm going to buy an outfit. I'm going to do all this. And then I also have to send you a gift. Like, you just sent me a huge bill. Like, you sent me a mortgage. It's and, and and no one just says that out loud because we're supposed to like there's this thing in America where you're supposed to be proud to be blowing money or something <laughs> and, and if you say out loud like I don't want to spend this much whoa what are you poor it's like no I'm not an idiot <laughs> what what, I, what are you talking about like I'd rather just give if you really if you and your wife or you and your husband really need that money I'll just give it to you what are we you're not even gonna people that I know have huge weddings they're in debt. They didn't even like make money for the future because they wanted to get married at the Supreme Castle of whatever the fuck. And I'm, I, I'm the only one asking this stuff. And I do think that's because I'm, I'm happier with my life and I don't really look for distractions. I do believe that. Like, you know, if you get engaged and then get married, have a baby, you could literally drag that out for a decade yeah. with just the sonogram pick. And then it's the <laughs> this pick. And then it's just like the, everything is an event. 
because <laughs> they're just like they're just on autopilot and they don't know they're looking for something else to look forward to and they're never just like figuring out maybe I don't love this man. <laughs> and for when when we started changing how we have graduations in this world. I mentioned 35 first cousins. Right away, I'm like, listen, just because your kid's graduating from fifth grade, no gifts, okay? Until he graduates, actually finishes high school. Because to me, you're definitely going to go to sixth grade. Like, is this really a huge accomplishment? <laughs> like, you just graduated one grade to another. So I had a rule. I capped it at, like, the gifts do not start for the kid until they graduate. Like, of course, you do the community, the confirmation, whatever you had to do. But like, no, I'm not showing up for a party for graduation from fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade. No, it's not happening. It's another bill. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. I'm I'm trying to I was saying to my my girlfriend, I was like, all right, I, I, we have six nieces and nephews now. They just bang them out. And I'm like, do we are we so I'm not we would we would go like when we first had my, my first niece, we would go crazy for her birthday. And then, then my sure. second niece crazy for her birthday. And then like it's like three, four. But I'm thinking like. Am I going to be doing this every birthday till they're 20? What are we doing here? We got to like maybe five. All right, six. When is the, these girls, ha- they have so much shit. They don't need another gift from me. This is they ridiculous. They don't need another gift from you. Best thing to do is to find out if there's a savings account or something that's there for them and you just throw in your 20 bucks. Yeah, that makes sense. You throw your- that's what I always did for the nieces and nephews just because it was simple. They had enough shit. I don't want to buy a toy they don't need or they don't want. And I don't want to stress myself out over what's the inventory of everything they already have. But for you also, most of your shows are on the weekend. So I imagine it's harder for you to attend these weddings that you get invited to, but you still have to buy a gift. Honestly, it depends who it is. I don't send gifts to people that I'm not that close with. I'm just like, I can't make it. And uh, the best of luck to you. I also like... Uh, that, that's why I say people can think I'm mean, but like when I first moved to Los Angeles, I had, I think I had like maybe six grand on my bank account. I had nothing. And I told my brothers who, who, who were having kids at that time, I'm like, don't ask me to be a godfather. <laughs> don't do it. I'm, I want to just, I'm, it's tunnel vision. I'm going there to work. Sure. Don't ask me. Yeah. And then a friend of mine got married and he invited me to a wedding. I was like, listen, buddy, I appreciate it. I love you, but I, I got flying home, giving you a, I just, I can't afford it right now. And it's just not happening. And I, if, if someone told me that I would be so understanding, it would be. Yeah. So the fact that like we, we have people who would have like the goal to act like I'm rude or someone is like, how dare he not give a gift or, and it's like, I don't know what plan, I don't know where you were raised or you're an idiot. Like if someone's telling you like, this is a lot for me and you, for you to be offended in some way. I don't give a shit if you're my friend, if, if, if that's how you feel about stuff. If you need money to be value, to, for me to be valuable, you're just like an idiot. So I think most people agree with that. Just no one says it. No one says it out no loud. No one says it. No one's honest. When I first started dropping the bill thing, it became a thing. You know, all my friends have known about it for years. But I'm like, let's be real. We all feel like this when we get a rando invite for some we were not that close with that they were putting up their list. And they're like, well, she'll send a gift at least if she doesn't show up. It's not being rude. It's just that you're honest. That's what I love about your comedy. That's what I love about, you know, I've been following you and watching and you're just so great during the downtime when we didn't have a lot going on to just really fall into something. And it's just really honest, fun humor that it's kind of like 
I love Larry David. Larry oh, David yeah. to me is how I would dream to live the life of Larry David because I often don't want to do a stop and chat. I often don't want to do a lot of the things that he doesn't want to do. Of course. And it's just because he's honest. He's just, this is who I am. Yeah. He often says, like, that's who he wishes he could be, <laughs> like, on, on the show. You could tell, like, in real life, you couldn't do the shit that he does, but... He still has to be nice to other people. That's our... Yeah, that, I think that's everyone's dream. It's, isn't it strange how everyone you know loves that show and that guy, but no one is him? You know what I mean? Like, that's... That means that they're performing something. If, if like, oh, I love Larry David. Yeah, but you, you never say anything he says... And then people would say, oh, I guess, I guess you're right. But which means you're thinking the shit. So just say it. What's the problem? Like, this is ridiculous. I love, he was on a show once they asked him, I'd be like, oh, do you send a gift for a destination wedding? He was like, destination wedding? You don't even go. Like, he was just like, <laughs> yes, this guy gets it. You know what I mean? Like, he also brings up the topic of sitting next to somebody, a man in shorts on a plane. Oh, my and God. And I don't know why it makes you laugh so hard, but it's true. Like, I don't know what it is about, like, and, and guys' bare feet. Nobody really wants to see that, like a stranger on a plane. Oh, I, the, the feet thing in my family, I've always been like, some of these people act like feet are just a body part. They're just like hands. And I'm like, no, they're not. They're not. They're not. Okay. Trick or treat, smell my feet. There's all these like negative connotations with feet. It's, they're not, they're not normal. I don't want to see a guy's toes when I'm going to California. Just what, what's going on here? And Larry David's like, this guy's in his seventies. So shorts to him are like the flip flops to me. When he was a little boy, everybody's everybody's wearing suits. You know what I mean? So like to him, it's probably so ridiculous. Uh, There's a couple spots by Central Park that have signs in the window that says no sock money. Because <laughs> you know you how mean? when people go running, they no! fold up their money and oh, put it in their God. sock? And that was actually an episode of Curb, the sock money. Yes. Nobody would take it. Remember? Yes, the 50. And every yep. time I see those signs, I think of Larry. But it is true. The chick working at Starbucks you? does not want your sweaty sock money. Oh, my God. Dear God Almighty. Oh, my God. You've got a ton of shows coming up right now. I know that you just opened for Eddie Griffin. How was that? That was amazing, honestly. I mean, I, obviously, I've known him my whole life, and I, I, you don't know how like other comedians' audiences are going to take to you. And it sure. was, I, I don't want to pat myself on the back, but it was incredible. I fucking murdered that show. It was awesome. So that was spectacular. Yeah, that was, that was really, really cool. That also says something about his fan base. Right? Because a comedian's fan base comes in with the right attitude, just relax. We are just here to be entertained. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and you feel that energy. They're so hyped to see him, and you get to open for him and be the beginning of that pure, just joy. And people are happier to be out than ever. Let's face it. We oh, have hell been yeah. Through, every once in a while, I stand and go, did we really just go through a pandemic? Like, were we really just locked in our houses? Like, did that just happen? Yeah. It was wild, right? Oh my God. I mean, I gotta be honest with you, my life didn't change too much. I'm always just inside doing nothing. So <laughs> I didn't I didn't even know there was a lockdown until September. I was like, oh, we're not supposed to <laughs> we're not supposed to go outside. But yeah, it was it was pretty tough other than that, not being able to like for a while it was it was it was rough, right? Like I remember thinking like, wait, like go remember how weird going to the store like in March twenty twenty was? We were thinking like oh, oh, what clubs? The, oh my god, I I breathed some of it. We had yeah. gloves on. Everybody's wearing gloves at the store. Everybody's washing 
boxes of crackers washing, when they washing got your home. grapes. I know. You finally <laughs> used soap. Finally, yeah, I'm really glad that we did train the world. We did teach the world that you're supposed to actually wash your hands. I think that's yeah. wearing off a bit with some people. But I haven't washed my hands since 2020, in like uh, probably August. I don't even. I was like, oh, I'm not. I'm. I don't care anymore. I don't want to do. That. Remember the song they were trying to teach us to Happy sing? Happy birthday some silly or something, song. right? <laughs> what are you kidding me? Can I just can I just count? What do I got to sing the fucking song for? Where else are you headed in the near future? I am going to Wilmington, Delaware, the 4th. I got Long Island, the 6th of November. And then, uh, yeah, Manhattan, New York City, baby. November 8th, Philly, the next, uh, the next Ooh, weekend after that. Philly's an interesting crowd. I'm Philly's from outside of Philly. Pennsylvania people. Oh, really? It's a, it's a mixed bag. It's really Where, a mixed bag. How far from Philly? Do you say home and like phone and stuff like that? I didn't ever, but I knew my family spoke weird. And I knew, and I'll tell you how I knew. Because I grew up watching 90210. Mm-hmm. Um, graduated the same year of them as high school. So like my high school oh, wow. years were formed by 90210. They're also... That show is also the reason why I was insistent that I was going to live in California. Like, Mm. but I'm from 45 minutes north of Philly. So Easton, Pennsylvania, very small town with a very strange draw. Very strange. Like when I'd be on a plane and a bunch of people from my town, I could hear it. But I remember watching TV and thinking, I'm more apt to believe that this is how I'm supposed to pronounce this word versus how everybody in my family is pronouncing this word. Yeah, <laughs> freaked absolutely. Me out. I was like, I live with that's a pack so of weirdos. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I also became very violently angry with my parents at a young age because we didn't have a cordless phone. Like, what are you talking about? Their phone would come off the wall with no cord on 90210. We had this long cord. There was one phone also. The way that they could walk outside to go to school and go to different classes, I was so mad. I lived in a winter place. I'm like, Ugh. how was I born here? Like, why do my parents suck so bad that I flew? <laughs> All that show gave me so much angst about the things that I wanted that I didn't have. I tell me about it. I thought that I I I thought that I was going to be living in like going to the max in between classes. I had to go to a Catholic <laughs> school. There was just guys. The best thing I saw was there was someone drawing a dick on someone. That that's all they did. There was nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing going on. The, the, what's funny is about about Catholic boys' high schools, it's like when you are at – it just shows the human spirit prevailing. These kids <laughs> failed all of their tests. They, don't, they didn't care about anything. But then they became like NASA scientists when it came to dicks. There was like – like I have like a um, – see this chair? It's like kind of like uh, it's like velvet or whatever. And yeah, they yeah, would ultra, have like – Ultra suede or something. They would have like um, – fabric chairs that the teachers would sit in they would draw a penis on the chair so when the priest sat in it and then he got up and to draw on the board there'd be a dick on his back i'm thinking why don't you apply this to anything else in your life and then they were just when it came to dicks they they were like i I learned so much from that school there was just dicks on everything and and then after a while i just started drawing them i was like (laughs) I guess this is what you got to do here. You fell into it. No, don't tell me you fell into it. You did it. I, I, sometimes I would just on my on my my friend was taking a nap. I would draw one on his book, and I'm thinking like, what have I become? What what's what's happening right now? Well, when in Rome, you know what I mean. It kind of it kind of all runs off. When there's no girls, your brain just starts to wander and think, what else do we do? So it was. You went to Catholic school all through school. Never all my went life. to a public school, so all boys school all through life. 
No, not all boys. Uh, it was a reg- it was bo- uh, co-ed from K- kindergarten to to eighth grade, and then all boys Catholic high school. And then I went my I went to a community college, which was which is hilarious on Staten Island. It just it was just like a the island of misfit toys, just like the all-star team of just like crazy Staten Island people. It was wonderful, but <laughs> did you graduate? I never graduated. How Sorry, long did mom. you go? Um, I was like on and off. I think I'm only like 16 or 12 credits short, but they wanted me to do an internship, and that's. That was never going to happen. That's where you drew the line. I was like, I, I'm sorry. I don't even. I don't even want to be here right now. So <laughs> I'm not going in. You know, I mean, listen. You're in Manhattan, right? So yeah. For someone from Staten Island to get to Manhattan, it takes 17 hours. Oh, when, and how many trains that you have to switch and not get on the wrong one and end up somewhere else? You have You. I. I. I used to do this bit when I first started out doing coming to the city. I'd be like, people from Staten Island. It's like taking the Museum of Transportation backwards. You have to get on like a train, a boat, a, a bus. And it, 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 uh, my sister used to work for the Knicks throwing out the t-shirts like at the games. Oh, that's so fun. And when she would get me free tickets, I'd have to leave my house at like 4.30 in the morning oh, to get there on time. God. It was the worst thing. 7 p.m. tip off. I have to leave my house when it's dark still. <laughs> it was horrific. And she had to do it to go and do the t-shirts, right? I, I, don't, I never saw her growing up. She went to, she went to LaGuardia, which is also in, in the city. And she, okay. would just, I, she, would just, she was just used to going to the city. And she liked it. But, I mean, literally, it took us – when you take public transportation from Staten Island, yeah. two-plus hours easily. And you're not going to drive in, you know, for an internship? Like, are you kidding me? I, listen, I give you credit for going. Um, I knew – at a young age, I used to say these colleges are built like they just the structures. They're going to be there as long as I want them to. The rest of my life is not. So I'm going to go out and do my own shit. You know what wow, I mean? Wow, very, yeah, very it's profound. Just, I, but I just and, I, and that's what I obviously when I was an agent uh, in the industry, there was a time I had a talent agency and some of the girls would be waffling on whether they wanted to shoot scenes or go back to school. And so as an agent, I had to tell them like, Listen, the school will be there, but this hot look you got right now is not. So, I know, I'm sorry, but you know, okay, you Lisa, I, I think I think you took form of the devil for a minute. <laughs> but I was being honest. You know what I mean? No, you're hot. Listen, I couldn't agree more with you. The only reason why I went to college is because my parents tortured me, and it was three minutes from my house. I and hated it. Got it so, you out of your house. I hated it so much that when I would go there and there was no parking, I would just leave. I wouldn't even like. <laughs> I'm not even fucking out. I'm out. I'm not leaving. I, I mean, I'm I'm not joking at all. That happened hundreds of times. And now, you know, you're a funny man. You're great on social media. You're an amazing communicator. What the hell took you so long to decide to start a podcast? Uh I just couldn't honestly money. Really money. Try, trying to like in my place in LA was was small. I didn't have a space for it. Got you. Yeah. Um, and I just couldn't stay consistent with. I, I did one by myself for a while. I I, I was trying to. Con- I wanted my friends to be on it. I had I had to move from my. I was living with my parents, and then by the time I got to LA, like it was all going well. And then like we have this beautiful place here in Austin. It's a part of why I moved here because it's like. You have I'm paying less rent than LA. My apartment is triple the size. It's it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the the basic like short answer. Like yeah, I just I just wanted like I wanted a space. I wanted complete dedicated cameras and like the exact same mics. And I just want to have a, a cool setup. I get and it. You want to be able to walk in and do it 
and not that is my biggest thing. every single thing i understand that because i when i moved to new york one of the bonuses was pandora just was finishing this construction on the floor below the 36th floor on Sirius XM. So I was like, perfect. I'll be able to walk in there and do my podcast and I won't have to worry about, are the lights the same as the oh. mic, the same as I, and then the pandemic happened. So oh, I ended up doing it on my own anyway. And now I'm just used to it, but I get what you're saying. The sound quality is great when you can be in the same spot and it cuts 30 minutes out of setting up and breaking oh down God. everything both ways. Oh my God. So, you killed it. What is the name of your podcast for my listeners? Because I know they're going to go subscribe, rate, and review right away. Oh, thank you. It's called Dress Down Day. It's uh, my girlfriend and I, and we just it's it's basically a lot of stuff that we we discussed. Like Dress Down Day, I thought would, was fun because it was always fun for me as a young kid when I went to Catholic school. We got to wear your own clothes. That's what Dress Down Day was. Just you like to- one day a week, right? You got to do that. Not no, not even way less than that. It was like a really? special for like Valentine's Day or like Halloween or something. It was very, it was very seldom, as they say, and uh, and and also I think it's it's cool for like our listeners. It's like I wanted it to be where like we all wear these like uniforms, metaphorically speaking. Like we 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 play other characters, and this is yep. a place where you can put your sweatpants on and be yourself. Right. That's that's the double meaning of it. So we just have fun. We talk about serious shit. We analyze things. We talk about silly shit. Um, it's just a lot of, it's just a lot of fun. A lot of people, I, I got, I get the sweetest messages of people just being like, I just love, sometimes I find myself talking to you guys. Like, it's like, it's like a fun conversation of just talking about stuff when we were kids and, and, or, um, like the pressure of getting married and all this stuff. So, uh, yeah, we're having a great time with it and, uh, people should check it out. Yep, definitely check out Dress Down Day. Well, Eric, I am going to come see you in New York, and I'm going to make sure that under this YouTube video, all of your social media profiles, the link to your podcast, and everything, so all of my listeners, and I want to say your name as I said it, the way you say it, which is very different than how I was going to say it, which is <laughs> Eric D'Alessandro. Oh, I my God. Say- I, just, I, just, I just soiled my pants. Oh, that's what I want to hear. Perfect rap. Thank you so much for spending time with me Thank today. you so much, Lisa. This was fantastic. When you have a funny guy, you know, you ask him to stay around and deliver the mail. I know Eric D'Alessandro never signed up to be a mailman in his past, but in this day right here, right now, he is bringing the mailbag. If you want to get involved in the mailbag, it is asklisaann at gmail. Send me your questions. What do you want to know about me? I will read your email on my podcast. I will actually answer it. My guest will read it to me. And that's what's going down right now as Eric D'Alessandro delivers the mail. Y'all know by now that if I got a funny man in the house, the funny man gets to have some fun with me and pretend it's close enough to Halloween. Eric, you are dressing up as a mailman today, a very prestigious job, and Mm. you are going to deliver this not-so-prestigious mail. Questions one at a time, and feel free to comment. And also, you know, you can read the name. You don't have to read the email. They're usually super long and creepy. But also, you know, feel the ick factor when you read what I have to read a thousand times a week. All right, great. My dad will be proud. I'm a mailman. I get city benefits. All right. um, (laughs) Great retirement. Government. Yeah, great retirement. Uh, The first question would be, do you sell... How much do you sell feet pics for? No, I'm kidding. Um, 
By the way, I get that all the time on Facebook. I do a Facebook Live every Wednesday, and I have a friend. We do an under-over of how many guys are going to ask for feet pics in the first 10 minutes or for me to show my feet. And he'll be like, all right, it's Wednesday. I feel like people are feisty today. Like 10 people in the first 15 minutes of your live are going to ask to see your feet. And then we just count them. Like it's how we pass time on live. So that wasn't the question, but it's a good one. I'm kidding. All right. Popeye Tori would like to know, would you have sex with fans? Please respond. I would love to with you. Please respond. You're my one wish. I mean, that's pretty romantic. It's really romantic when you read it a thousand times a week and when people don't do the math and see how many fans I actually have. And then I do do other things with my time than have sex with people. But also, isn't it odd that a guy would expect with no photo for a girl to just be intrigued and want to have sex? And what if he has halitosis? What if he has long nose hair? None of that matters? I, I don't understand what would make this person think this was a unique thing to say. It's like, oh, no. this, she's, I'm going to try, I'm going to try this. You never know, man. Maybe she'll be like, sure, let's yeah. do it. Maybe this day when she opens the mail, she'll be feeling that way and she'll just write back with a yes. Yeah, with an address. <laughs> That's Jesus not Christ. happening, Popeye Tori. Go eat some more spinach. The next question really jolted me when I initially read it for many reasons. Mm-hmm. So brace yourself. Well, it's it, it's pretty deep. It's about spirit uh, spirituality. You I think put in the subject matter no. about spirituality to really leer me in because people know that I like to talk about spirituality. Oh well, I, 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 all right, this guy's kind of funny. Then if this is you know <laughs> this is pretty good. He catfished me. <laughs> Ben would like to. I think he. I think he's interested in like maybe your life before uh, the adult film industry. He would like to know: Will you let me butt fuck you for fifty bucks? <laughs> How could I click on an email that was about spirituality and I read fifty bucks for butt fucking? I mean, first and foremost, fifty bucks. I'm not even walking out of my house for fifty bucks. Yeah, okay? really. I'm not even doing a fucking cameo for fifty bucks. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like, there's mm. very little I'm doing for fifty bucks. But I give him credit for knowing his price point. Uh, he's on a budget. Obviously, he's been invited to too many weddings, bar mitzvahs, and <laughs> baby gender reveal parties. Yeah, and he's a bit tapped out, right? So this is his budget, but it doesn't fit into the fact that no, it's not spiritual. And no, but it made me laugh, and I knew you'd find it entertaining as well. I, yeah, I mean, I, listen, I give him credit because I think he was probably just trying to make you pay attention to him, and it worked. So, <laughs> I, 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 and you, we know you didn't want to f- touch no. this guy's. No. Anyway, no. Um, I like this one. <laughs> this one's kind of sweet. Just question for Lisa Ann, right to the point. Hey, Lisa, have you ever had, I guess this is kept in touch with an actor after a porn scene. Is that what that means? Or have you ever had in touch? Uh, We've we've come to believe, me and my listeners who are very savvy people, we believe that a lot of these people are not from the United States and that they're using Google Translate or some sort of app. uh, And it doesn't always translate very well. And this is the reminder that during the pandemic, so you know, the elevation of how obsessed people got with porn is next level. I mean, it's so next level that it's, it's creepier than ever. There's many days I just want to fill my bathtub with hand sanitizer and roll around in it. Um, but they want to know everything, the ins and outs. And yes, I have had in touch. I've stayed in touch with every guy who is still with us. Rest in peace, so many of them. But every guy that I've worked with, I stay in touch with because we became friends because we actually shared an intimate moment. So 
I won't work with just a random. I always work with guys that I got to meet beforehand. You build a little relationship. You know, it's a little date, right? So to answer Alejandro's question, who I know does not listen to my podcast. Yes. And what he really wants to know is that we have sex off camera because that's really what he needs because he's watched too much on camera and he wants to visualize it in his own head. He is tapped out. He's gone through his whole library on Pornhub. He's a member of 800 OnlyFans accounts. Now he needs to know what's happening when he's not looking. Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> I guess because I've seen like documentaries about the industry right. that is like I, I, I guess – I don't know if if I if I didn't if if we never met before and I just saw you out at a party the, the, the last thing on earth I would bring up to you would be porn because I would know I would just I would assume I mean and then you just guy like hey nigga I go fuck her bro look look at her she's over there she wants it she wants it it's so fucking stupid my god men are I, I sometimes I like I I can't believe that I'm a guy like sometimes they're just like they are so dumb. I'm like embarrassed sometimes. A lot of my good guy friends, good humans like yourself, Nikki, like I could, they say the same thing. Like I see shit. And that's why I do another podcast called Dudes Do Better. And I interviewed Paige who runs this, this Instagram account called Dudes in the DM. And she is so oh funny. She gets, you know, she collects creepy DMs from women all over. They submit them. She posts them with like a snarky comment. And she has just as many guys following her because guys that aren't creepy, they oh, yeah. find it funny. They they look mm -hmm. at this and like I can't believe guys do this, but damn, yeah. it's funny. <laughs> oh my god! And I also love that it's it's like similar to when I'll make jokes about about women, and I have my following is probably eighty percent women, right? And they get it because they get that like not all women are like this, obviously, right? Right. But a large percentage of them are. So like when I hate when people like if you say anything bad about guys, I'm not gonna be like, excuse me, I'm not like that. <laughs> Because I know 99% of them are just screaming some barstool phrase and they are just morons. So like I don't get why we pretend like how dare you offend me if it's true. It's like all the women and all the women that I know are these women that I'm making fun of. So you cannot be this but – you know that these people exist. I don't know what the fuck you're talking and, about. And it's funny you say that because when I call out, when I talk about what I call feverish masturbators, which is people who have watched way too much adult content that should probably mm. like read a book, get a hobby, do something else, um, they get offended. Not all of us are like that. I'm like, you just called yourself out. You yeah. are that person. Oh if you're God. offended, you, my friend, are a feverish masturbator. Oh, my God, dude. I mean, th that poor guy. I don't know how he's going to have sex with his wife if, if you've been, you know. <laughs> wife. All right. This is a great one because where he went with this is just all over the charts. <laughs> this is pretty – is there a subject? No, there's no subject for this. But it's from Ahmed. Do you regret career choices in your life? And what about European soccer? Which team and favorite player? I thought that was going to be like, and do you regret any choices, career choices? Maybe you wanted to be a doctor. Maybe this. It just – that was the that was the greatest left turn of all it time. It was the greatest left turn. He could have broken it up with the space bar, made one question and then two question. I do not regret my career choices because obviously I wouldn't be sitting here with you right now, Eric. I wouldn't oh, have met come so many great people. I wouldn't have the life that I have. And sadly, I don't follow soccer because right now I'm on overdrive. we got MLB, NBA – NFL hockey starting up. I'm obsessed with golf. So like, I just don't, but I thought it was a funny one because it was so fragmented of two different things. <laughs> it's, two more I, questions. I also, I also love it. Just says, and what about European soccer? <laughs> yeah. It's almost like he had a stroke in the middle of the sentence. Um, 
Have a great day. Love you. Big fan. And a heart emoji, which is special. Ooh. Um, we got Daniel. I mean, this is a pretty good email. Hi, is this the real Lisa Ann email? This is a trap. See, they asked this question thinking I'm going to write back. I don't write back to anybody out of asklisaann at gmail.com. This is just for me to collect random shit for a segment for my podcast, okay? So he's trying to like, they'll email me something like, hey, can I ask you a question? Hoping that I write back because you know what's going to happen if I write back. They're going to lose their shit. Lisa Ann emailed me today. So I thought oh Daniel gets nothing. Hopefully he listens to the pod because uh, yes, asklisaann at gmail is my real email. <laughs> Last one. Okay, I like this one. I have to ask you, what would you be doing with your time if you didn't have to filter through all the crazy emails you get on the daily? How many dick pics do you get a day? Just wondering, love the podcast. How many dick pics? The dick pic is an interesting thing to me. I've never once looked at my dick and thought, I have to share this. <laughs> because so. you're a normal person. <laughs> because you're a cool dude. Because you know it's like not the most attractive part of the male anatomy. Okay, so after I saw this email, I did a little survey, and among all of my platforms, I get a minimum of 50 dick pics a day. Holy but that's a shit. minimum, because some days, like Fridays, seem to be when people are the most bored at work or hate their lives or their weekend is coming, they have no plans. Sometimes on a Friday, I'll get 300 dick pics. And by the way, none of them are flattering. None of them are. They're not manscaping, okay? They're Ugh. not cleaning their room beforehand. Sometimes it's hanging over a toilet. Like, I've seen... <laughs> So much inappropriate content. Oh my God. Just clean the area, set up a little set. But, um, and I always like to end the mailbag with a great email. And that was from Sean. And I thank him for loving the podcast. But yeah, it's a lot of time sifting through this. I have to be in the right frame of mind and I have to be ready to not be afraid. Cause like, you know, I could read through this email and be afraid to leave my, my house. You understand that, right? Yeah, you of think, One of these dudes with these dick pics could be lingering down the street. Oh my God, man! What the fuck? And who knew? Who knew Louis C.K. was writing into your fucking writing into your show? <laughs> oh my God! Oh my God! All of them were. But Eric, thank you so much for joining. Thank you. And thank you for staying along for the mailbag as well. Of course, thank you. This was so much fun. I really appreciate it. I look forward to seeing you live. Oh my God! Thank you. Me too. Now that is how you deliver the mail. That is how you bring in a mailbag. And I thank him so much for staying on board to have some fun with me with those wild questions that land in my email. For those of you who like to get out and enjoy some comedy, you should look him up, Eric D'Alessandro. Eric is spelled with a C. Check out where he's touring near you because he's got a ton of dates coming up. And I promise you, you will have a great time. I appreciate all of you making the time to listen in and share my love for communication, which is what I love to do. For those of you that are new, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It helps so much. And if you have a question for me, send it my way and I will get it delivered to me from a mailman of choice. Send your email questions to asklisaann at gmail.com. A friendly reminder that I have decided to join 2021 I should have probably said 2020, or I don't know when TikTok actually happened, but I'm there now. Uh, and I noticed that the hashtag to Lisa Ann has like 46 million uh, additions to it, which is very interesting. I'm late to the party. Obviously, I'm really late to the party, but at the real Lisa Ann is where you can find me on all platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and now 
TikTok. Make sure you check that out. Give me a follow. Once I'm at 1,000 follows, I get to do some lives on TikTok, which is going to be a ton of fun. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for being a part of my world. And I love being in your ears. And for those of you who want me to be in your eyes, that's going to be Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern on my YouTube at The Real Lisa Ann. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Lisa Ann Experience.